when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, May 14th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 396. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Rob Zachney. Good morning. Patrick Klepek. Hello. Okay, and Ricardo Contreras. You okay, Patrick? Uh, no, I need, no, I'm not okay. I, I keep, uh, you think you're just going to wake up one day and feel better? Nope. Still feel like trash. Children. Don't overrated. we all. Well, <laughs> different kind, of, wow. different kind, of, different kind of trash. You know, it's like there's like the normal level of trash, and then there's yeah. the one that makes it sound like I'm smoking a pack a day. Sounds like Kato's ready to give us the destiny update, though, right away. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about how we're closing on E3 and exciting things. Well, you know, if we want the the, the destiny update, I yeah. you know. No, no, I didn't. Want to, I didn't want to blow up the. I'm just saying, Kato, Kato day one of a new de- destiny season. We all feel life is pain, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just life, though. Destiny's cool. Destiny's great. It's fun. Hey, I'm in. Um, but what about my suffering? I am on track to become immune uh, to the COVID. I got shot Woo! number two, um, and I'm on course to be living God. <laughs> is that how it works? God. Yeah. The worse your uh, shot two symptoms are, the more powerful you become. Yes. God damn, I don't have fucking any, so I'm, oh, I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah, I just like had a mild <laughs> headache for half a day. Mm-hmm. No, see, I, I was told that if I had the symptoms I had um, in a couple of days, I should be able, Bioshock style, to shoot spike proteins <laughs> from my forearm uh, okay. and impale my foes. Cool. Sounds useful. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Will they also get covid or is this like you're now <laughs> a new ground zero like major transmission or what what would we like a super spreader event a living walking super spreader event well i was i you know honestly i'm picturing more like uh you know fleshets uh going I out and just like perforating <laughs> enemies mm-hmm. um no i think the i think the point of the vaccine if i'm if i'm, if I'm clear on this is yeah. that'll be if anything the opposite of a super spreader i will be a lead blocker for people who uh, you know, don't have that immunity. I see. Right. In fact, this is what the uh, the anti-vaxxers are afraid of when they talk about like they don't want to go near people who've been vaxxed because some of the vax might like get on them. Like, ah. Is this what that shedding thing is? Yeah, dude. Yes. I was, <laughs> They're I was afraid that- joking about shedding. And I was like, what it's, the? What the it's what very it- stupid. <laughs> oh, it's very funny. Yeah. Vaccine shedding. Once injected, it's very it's it's very, very, very. I'm trying to find the exact way that they that they talk about it. Uh, it's like you have to understand the lore, like lore reasons, bullshit conspiracy theories of the, yes. twi- of the 2020s. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, it's it's fake. It's nothing. It's not a you're you're good. I promise that. Whatever you're good. gets them to put on a mask, you know. 
Uh-huh. If we uh-huh. back into a conspiracy theory that gets them to do something good, then all right, sure. You sure, know? we got to be that, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, where are where are we? I was gonna say we're coming up tight on E three E three twenty twenty one online away. portal and app details officially wait, wait, reveals wait, first wait, ever start, virtual slow experience. Down, of slow worlds. down, slow down. Let's can we lay this E three what <laughs> E three is back, baby. Patrick, back. give us the news. It's hey, app E3 2021 is going online next month, and the ESA is offering a first glimpse of what an all-virtual E3 will look like. Details of the events, online portal, and app. Wah, wah, okay, wah, wait, wah, okay, wah. wait. Let me just make some. Let me just. Who do we got? Exhibitor booths. We what? got lounges. No, 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 no. no. Booths. I was gonna say it's gonna be a website that has some trailers. And then you you click on them, and it has like a Steam wish list page. That's it. That's all. No, this is an online portal created by Game Cloud Network, HCL Technologies, mm. Reverie Incorporated. It's the destination for all three Z three. It's bringing media, including a media access week. What do we have? I got to work during before E three starts. Exhibitor booths featuring special events. VOD. VOD, because it's this is it's COVID. Okay. It's VOD. Content yeah. articles. Exhibitor booths will act as hubs within the portal for key announcements and game information. Tied to each exhibitor. I don't. So do I need I, I the fucking like head jack from the Matrix to enter yeah. the like? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I don't understand. Stanley I, Pierre Lewis, president and CEO of the ESA, says they are creating a bespoke online portal and app. So I guess it will be a website, and, and there will an be app. an app. So most this of us says, will experience this through a website. But hey, there's Patrick, also why, why does it say leaderboards? I don't want E3 to have a leaderboard. <laughs> They're going to have a profile. You want to win Gamers. E3? Someone is now going to win E3. Someone is going well, no, to win. Hold on. In the past, someone's always won E3. Only now, the gamers, the can, gamers win can win E3. Goodbye, yeah. Microsoft. <laughs> Goodbye, Sony. It's time. Or are they for... not coming to E3 this year? <laughs> well, also true. <laughs> so now the gamers have to win uh, because the competition is much less fierce. This is this is all I can show you from the press kit. This is uh, the most that I have to show you of the uh, E3 app. <laughs> it is got game E3 on. logo. E3, E3 game you're on. Ready to game on? It's uh, you're ready to log in or you're ready to sign up. Sign up. Wait, do we have to sign up for this now, or this can looks, we sign up for this when the app drops? Uh, this no, looks like a media. phone ad that they photoshopped their logo onto. <laughs> it does. Pretty, that feels very familiar. That that layout. <laughs> Our so new a, uh, rose gold E3 2021 yeah. model. <laughs> Media registration and credentialing will begin later this month. Uh, but there's also links to YouTube and Twitch. And they're like, yeah, sure. In addition, to the primary hubs to watch the E3 2021, bro- 2021 broadcast outside of the portal and app include, you know, the places that people will actually watch it, mm-hmm. which is which is <laughs> Twitch and YouTube. Um, like there's there's nothing that's going to be in here that is important that you will not be able to get. I hope. Um, what if there is? What if they lock trailers behind leaderboards? Not a chance. Not a what chance. If they, this says that there will be interactive graphics. Gamified show Intergrass. elements that can be collected and displayed, encouraging fans to interact in as many ways as possible. So what can I can I earn a badge that will only work and be important during this E3 week and is locked to the E3 2021 app that I need to open and show people, hey, look at this I cool icon it. I got. I did it. Hmm. Well, I guess that's not that much different than like unlocking a gun in Destiny, is it? <laughs> I feel like unlocking a gun in Destiny is cool because like you, you get to keep it for the rest of Destiny. Mm. You can keep that app on your phone. <laughs> oh, right, that's, that's not true anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Right. It isn't. It app. isn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. 
Mm. It's untrue mm. again. <laughs> Schrodinger's firearm. Um, God. So, okay. But what if, just imagine a developer just goes whole hog on their virtual like booth and like you step in and it's not just a boring games press website. It's like a, a beautiful concept art gallery. Step, and wait, like little step interview in features to what? With, Oh, this- virtually step in just the same way you step into a level in a game uh, the way you step into the clockwork mansion where you're like "Ooh, what is this concept art and then a little a little trailer plays where where people on the dev team not just the leads but people actually making the game get to speak about their craft and share with you the beautiful experiences their craft sounds all right this sounds i would love to step into this world i bet it'll be year- just like that what year would it have <sighs> would it have had to have been for this to take place in Second Life. Well, there have been, this there was have the been joke actual... I made the other day. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if, if you look at the way other festivals have tried to go uh, all virtual, one of the, what is it? It's like, maybe not Tribeca. What was one of the major film festivals like in the past year? I think year. Tribeca's right, right? No, I don't know if they're the ones that did it, they but I, do I was like a VR, like yeah, a, like they, a couple of places have done these sort of things where you can like actually like you know go into VR. There are like tables you could like walk over to and have like proximity based like you know voice conversation like attempts to try and create some sort of atmosphere that is related to going <laughs> to a festival i i don't it sounds like you know high-minded and not exactly a thing that anyone would <laughs> i'm want not to laughing at do. this i'm laughing at something else we'll get there rob has a thing though. so i mean my partner um a lot of scientific conventions also went in this direction in right. the last year um and there are some good like solutions for this where like you do create the experience of some what's cool about conferences where like it's very easy to uh, sidestep into a quick private chat room with somebody uh, to conclude a thought or continue a conversation. Like some, some companies have done a very good job of figuring out what a virtual conference looks like that captures what's good about remote uh, conferencing and what's good about like in-person conferencing. This it's is worth saying academic conferences on the humanity side have also done a lot of this where it's like, and also an element of this is like, it's expensive to go to one of these conferences, not Massively. just because of the ticket price, but because of flights, hotels, etc. Look at GDC, quintessentially the, right. the game industry problem of like everyone to fly to the most expensive city in the country or one of them. I don't know where San Francisco rank has changed <laughs> in the point, last couple yeah. of years, but it's but it's but up yeah. There. But like that part of it, you're right, Rob. Like that stuff has been cool to see in those little subfields. I think E3 is just not that type of conference, right? No. It's not. It's no. not. A, it's not a conference. It's a. It's a convention. And conventions are a different thing. And even also, then, it's not even a good fan convention. It's like it's it, right. it's it's off on its own. It is not even a close to a PAX or a Gamescom. Like it's it's a bad fan convention. So that really, they're just they built a shell of an app that's just gonna embed a, a Twitch stream. Also, it's gonna crash. I so if if right. This is the thing. If they're not embedding Twitch streams and YouTube videos. If any of this is going to be like supported on the an official E3 server somewhere, let me tell you, uh, I've had we've had mm. histories with E3 servers <laughs> and, and whether or not they're reliable and oh secure, yeah we have. Uh, I feel I feel like maybe I don't have the highest amount of trust. Also, like when it was uh, prior to June 12th, the five day long media week will utilize the online portal app to help media gain early access to content directly with E3 exhibitors. An online calendar tool. Oh boy, will allow for scheduling uh, listen, appointments while also allowing video conferencing and chat. So, what there's is a even- world in which this is. Wait, there is a world in which that stuff is actually dope. Because How? 
Well, Why like, do I need their fucking calendar? Well, what if I to get an email from EA? What if I don't get an email? Though? What if it all just goes into the portal? And my email stays clear this year. Not I a chance. Did, they're going to ask okay. you. But, 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 what if they imagine did? Check your I email. want them to do it. I want them to do it. I want them to <laughs> no. have all the scheduling built into their nope. shit. That would be the best. It would be so good if you I You think there's a single PR emails. person that's like, yes, I would rather rely no, on this app not. as opposed to my big e- my big email contact not. database. No, not a ch- no. <laughs> but if we but they're if they're E3 need needed. Well, got to find this solution. Zoom link by opening up this app so that it can open up like the Zoom uh, and like what do we do? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want to point everyone to this May 6th tweet from at E3. Hope you're getting hungry because we got more chefs in this kitchen this year for E3 2021. Our newest additions, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Exceed Game slash Marvelous USA, Gearbox Entertainment, Freedom Games, DVSI Entertainment, what? Turtle Beach, Verizon, um, okay. and Binge.com. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did they also earlier announce Konami and then Konami recently was like, ah, actually we uh we got We're good. Uh, we don't have anything to show. Sorry. Know, did that happen? We, did that, I missed that. I didn't miss I the really backtrack. Like- <laughs> I missed the backtrack. I saw that Konami was gonna be there with a game. No, Konami definitely put out a statement that was like, actually we're not, but we support E3. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. I can't wait to like you go to the virtual Turtle Beach booth where, like, you get <laughs> shitty audio piped in, and then it's like, but then if you were listening to this on a Turtle Beach, it would be like this, and the bit rate, like, boom, doubles. Boom, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just only like, like an call that they're fucking with the bit rate yeah. on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's okay. I don't want to use test Turtle Turtle Beach headphones at a big event like that anyway. That's how you get lice. No, thank you. I'm not putting anything on my head at a large <laughs> event. Anyway, that's E3. We're, listen, I'm actually excited to have a bunch of game shit happen. Is the thing? I'm, I just I'm, think I think I think we need to change our definition of what is a bunch of game shit. I don't, you know, what is we'll that going to mean? We'll see. Sony, Sony, not going to be there. Okay. Uh, Microsoft, not going to be there. Bethesda, not going to be there. I mean, Microsoft. sure, they they could be there, and that they will do like a, a pre, like a showcase to you know support. E3, right. I guess. So, Sony may we'll not. See. Like, so, Sony's given the middle finger to that show for, uh, you know, a couple of years now. Why would they, why would they even bother to, to are do they, much so, of anything? Are, Sony, has Sony, Sony has said they're not doing a thing that week even. Uh, Who's out? No, no. Who is, like, truly out? There well, EA already later. said, hey, we're doing EA Play okay. late July. Oh, uh, EA Play, my favorite part of E3 every year. But I just mean, <laughs> but that was part of that week, right? And yes, it, isn't it was. Anymore. It was yeah. the first event. It was kind of nice to, like... Get into a fucking car and go in the middle of downtown uh, L.A., far away from everything else. And, I, you know, you can get nice food. That was the actual nice part of, of EA Play was there's some restaurants I like near there. And so, uh, yeah. So, so that's so no EA for sure. No Sony for sure. Sony's we don't know. Thing. We, we, nothing we else has know. been. We don't okay. know. Um, okay. Like it. it, it I, Is know, it a I month? Think- it's in a month. Uh yeah. Uh, In fact, uh, a month from today, it will be it will be June fourteenth. As when people are listening to this, dead in the middle of the Saturday, June twelfth to Tuesday, June fifteenth, E three four day weekend. I mean, Sony has a their their new Ratchet and Clank game, which looks pretty damn good. Comes out the uh, so the be day foolish before. not to show up and or not to drop a trailer, right? Well, they're dropping a game the day before E3, so I guess... Oh, so that'll be already out. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just don't... I don't know what E3... 
is like COVID gives, you know, a lot of companies some really convenient reasons to not support a thing that's yeah. kind of been slowly falling apart anyway. And this boy, this feels stitched together in a way that does not seem, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I uh, give me an Elden Ring trailer. And then I guess E3 was a success. <laughs> Finally from soft winds E3. You know, it's Maybe. possible. Like the Phoenix, next year, when everyone is living where I am, which is in the land of immunity, um, <laughs> we, we already can, have it. We can get yeah, together. You're, you're late. Yeah, Bob. I think you're the last one of everyone on this podcast yeah. to get it. Quite literally. Yeah. But maybe this is why he's going to get superpowers from it. Oh, right, okay. that's true. Got the up. I got, I got let, that vintage. I got yeah. that, that <laughs> Moderna vintage. <laughs> <laughs> my oh 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 you got you got some really quick Moderna but mine you can feel the terroir of the okay. uh, of the of the shot uh, but no maybe next year like people will be like damn you know I really missed E three the way it used to be and everyone will be like it'll be like the end of a wonderful life except instead of the townsfolk coming to George Bailey it'll be like EA and Sony and Microsoft all coming back and like yeah. you know. They start seeing old Lang Syne while giving us game trailers and oh, games are being dumped into a collective bucket. And uh, and and Bedford Falls has a games convention again. Has, oh, nice. Yeah, everyone loved going to Bedford Falls, Illinois, Indiana. That feels like an Indiana to me. Where's that movie take place? That's a great question. I've always felt like. Where the fuck was Bedford Falls? I, I always sort of felt it was like upper Midwest. That's yeah, that's yes, that sounds right to me. Anyway, uh mm, apparently it's based on uh Seneca Falls, New York. Uh, so York. I can sense. see that. upstate New York makes sense. Okay, that's a it's a fake city. Uh we talk about video games that are I also oh, really quick, I do want to note E3 does say like Capcom will be there, Ubisoft will be there, Warner Brothers will be there. There was that one tweet was new people being added. I want to make sure that no one leaves here thinking or being like, wow, Ubisoft showed up after Austin said they were Warner Brothers, the, the publisher that has delayed all their all games their to games, 2022 already. Yeah. Can't wait to see. That's the thing, right? It's Maybe like, they'll show that, that, that rumored you know, Marvel yeah. fighting game that NetherRealm might be working on. The thing that's going to happen is we're going to see a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, and that's going to make me feel better about yeah. things. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They said that there's a Zelda event coming later this year. No, they didn't. That was a fake thing I saw on Twitter. No. That wormed into my fucking uh, brain. (laughs) And now I thought it was real. It's fake. Stop lying on Twitter. Stop it. Skyward Sword HD comes out in July. Um, So it would make sense for there to be something Zelda-y in June. But, you know... Couldn't that just most likely be the like rumored Wind Waker, you know, like a like collection or whatever that they're doing? They just dropped that it's in possible. June. It's they're possible. not going to show Breath of the Wild till September when we're getting closer to whatever the updated Switch. I, I my expectations are 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 yeah. on the floor, in the, like in the ro- floor. rolling in yeah. the mud for for E three. <laughs> I just don't just you can't. Anyone you talk to about that show just groans. And so like, why why should I have any? <sighs> Any confidence is going to be. Well, we're going to cover uh, it here at waypoint.vice.com and yeah, the only way we know how on the videos and podcasts and, and news articles. No, only only uh, we're going to build our own app that you can. <laughs> that you can that's the only way you can access our content. Oh, uh, the, the Waypoint <laughs> E3 exclusives. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. There's got to be some sort of like just generic app development kit that we can make at this point. Right. And you build apps in HTML because then I got you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Original That's HTML. It. None of this HTML5 shit. I don't know that. Frames, <laughs> no frames. Now we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, send us Game Maker's Garage. I don't know. Game, what's that thing called? Oh, we're yeah. We've got to make an app in it. Make an app in Nintendo. that. How to make an app. Uh, Game Builder Garage. Game yeah, Builder new, Garage. Which they announced last week, by the way. And that, that looks cool. I don't think we could talk about that on the podcast. No, we didn't. Because they, well, they, they just like drop a trailer. Like, ah, yeah. here's this really cool looking game development toolkit. A lot of the stuff was like first showed up in the Labo stuff. And in fact, this was originally going to be a Labo release, yeah. right? And then they yeah, were like, then, let's then just Labo make didn't it. really go anywhere. Let's just uh, make it for people to play without cardboard. Um, it looks, looks like a... It's like a Nintendo Dreams situation. So. Now, I, yeah, it's hard to tell like what the scale of it. Like you know, Dreams yeah. you can quite literally do just yes. about yes. anything. My guess is this will be a little more restrained. But Dreams also has a pretty high barrier to entry. Um, yeah. You you can do anything, but it requires you to get there. And I, it sounds like this actually. Yeah, may I be, bet. Uh, I bet you won't be able to bring in outside audio into these into no, these games no. the way you can in dreams. I feel like <laughs> but it, a, but it also might be the case would never take mm-hmm. like within five minutes. I bet you can build something like a basic game. In, yeah, in, totally, in this, totally. Which is which would not be possible in dreams. Yes, yes. Um, we should talk about some video games we we've been playing. Um, Rob, do you have a you, you just finished a, a a preview build of the next the next entry in the Total War colon Warhammer series, right? How's that looking? Uh, it's looking pretty good. The battle I played did something really interesting and mm-hmm. unexpected. Um, and honestly, it gave me Myth the Fallen Lords vibes oh, in ways that are really huh. nice and familiar. Um, so I guess the... The conceit for Warhammer 3, um, although it feels like this conceit for every game, is shit's going down with chaos. Get ready, folks. Chaos is invading the old world. Yeah. Um, And so the tenor of this one, though, feels like for real, for real, it's, it's going off this time. And at some point, like, you will be attempting to, like, find and kill the chaos gods. And the mission I played was this new type of battle to be sort of woven into these campaigns, I think, called a survival battle, uh, where you lead an army into the chaos plane, effectively hell, uh-huh. and you go fight demons and uh, like evil magical creatures there. But the catch is it's structured totally differently, both from Total War siege battles and Total War field battles, and is much more of a like handcrafted designed scenario like an rts level more than a than a kind of grand strategy uh like tactical battle like interwoven so like these games these games have you playing a kingdom and you're you're expanding and stuff like that so normally the battles are just two armies meet on a on some plains and hills and forests and and that stuff is kind of dynamic and reflects what's at at play it's not the myth or Warcraft style of of like narrative level design thing. So this is introducing some of that. Yeah, and so I think one of the things that um they're they're doing with this is they're creating a lot of cool new pressures uh, that you have to respond to. So the mission I played, um, you are Zarina Katerine, uh, the head of Fantasy Russia, basically Kislev, um, 
They are this faction that has always lived near the chaos wastes. Uh, the mission is you are going into uh, the the chaos, the, the realms of chaos, and assaulting the citadel there. And you have to bust three lines of defenses. And at each one, there's a control point that, as long as it is in chaos hands, mm-hmm. the, their entire army gets a powerful buff, or you get a debuff when you're fighting them. And so, not only do you have to break these uh, control points to deactivate uh, these buffs, but also um, you will need to hold them as you advance. And so your punch gets dissipated as you continue your advance because like you assault the first gate and now you're onto the inner gate, but chaos like units keep spawning in and counterattacking your position now at the first gate and trying to retake it. And so you need to peel off units to have them hold that position while your army continues attacking forward. And it turns into this really cool, like it feels like um, you're fighting on multiple fronts at all times where like you've got multiple defensives you're managing. Also, you're trying to keep this attack going. Um, and to help you with this, you, you have a couple things going in your favor. One is that as you wipe out these chaos units, you keep getting this resource uh, supply. Supply you can spend on upgrading your units. Uh, you buy them like nicer armor or weapons or mm-hmm. replenish their their losses. Uh, or you can build towers. There's a tower defense element to this thing. And the towers are real hard to, or you can also build like uh, barriers. So you can like create like traps on the ground that like enemy units fighting on them will take damage over time. Uh, you can just wall off a section um, like a like a choke point and they can eventually break it down. But like in the meantime, you can position archers there or something and just like shell them as they're as they're trying to get through. Um, and so you have a lot of, you know, you, you probably don't have enough resources to do all of these things at once, mm-hmm. but you can sort of reshape the battlefield a little bit to try and figure out like how you're going to both hold the ground you've taken but also have enough striking power to complete the level and take the last position. Um, and at the last position, as you might expect, there's a big chaos demon who effectively serves as the boss. Of right. The level. Sure. Yeah. Um, Which is that, how does that boss stuff work? Is that extending some of like the hero unit stuff that's been in the Warhammer and I guess in the romance of three kingdoms or not romance of just the three kingdoms uh, uh, stuff previously superpower has some abilities etc hard to hard to kill yeah basically i think one of the the, i think the big thing they've done in warhammer is also they um created units that have like the the modifier large on them and unless you have weapons that are also rated like uh like good against large enemies or like have that tag on them um the damage is effectively mitigated uh and so like the number scales don't get out of whack but it just like is a different category of uh of of character, and so like a huge demon, um may only have a certain like may only have a certain amount of hit points, but your units will not do their full damage against it because they're using weapons that are for like human scale humanoid scale enemies. You need units that have like large weapons to get full damage uh, against that demon. And so you do need like special like hunter killer units to bring this thing down because otherwise it will turn into um, everyone just getting mauled 
uh, by this thing, which is what happened to me. Like, to be clear, I didn't beat this level. Um, <laughs> it was one of those things where I thought I was doing well. And then I realized what the last stage was. And it was like, oh, I just I don't. I am categorically not ready for this fight. Um, and I ended up getting rolled up. But it was really fun. Uh, even like I think you know this is one of the things. It's it's fun to lose in games. Like it can be fun to lose in games. Like constant progress can be a bit dull. And I think one of the things this reminded me of is um, the myth. The Fallen Lord series is probably the best example I've ever seen of like RTS tactics being combined with really good level design to create fun scenarios where you're like, huh, how am I supposed to do this? Um, now I sort of know what the dynamic of this entire encounter is going to be. How do I position my guys? Like what tempo do I need to, to operate at? Like what use, what resources do I really need to conserve here? And there was a lot of that here where it's not like so many total war battles. It's kind of rote where it's like the infantry are going to clash. Cavalry is going to sweep around, break them. And that's going to be it. That's, that's job done. Uh, here, because everything is happening in every direction all at once, and you don't really have the capacity to have a cohesive formation, um, you end up having to fight much more scrappy battles and a lot of like small, really micromanaging encounters rather than relying on your standard Total War uh, bag of tricks. And so that was that was the thing for me that. Uh, I was I was really taken by I think Total War in general has historically not been very good at scripted battles. Uh mm-hmm. I think their scenarios have never been a particularly compelling selling point. Um I don't think they've ever really figured out how to make uh cool scenarios out of a system that generally is about dynamic uh d- dynamic encounters. Here I think they've kind of done it. Uh and and like playing that I was like definitely ready to play more and i'm really curious mm-hmm. like how many of these things that are going to be in there yeah because um, it was a really yeah, cool I, change of pace was this the first gameplay preview event for mm-hmm. it hmm. so yeah that, that feels to me like that's something that they're like proud of and want to show off a little bit you know so i feel like that means hopefully there's a few of those if those are actually exciting uh, and i feel like they kind of have to be if this is the third specific one of these these have been very successful games, I know the the Total War Warhammer ones, um, but but to at least three in in only like five years, right? Because the yeah. first one of those dropped in 2015, 2016. Um, I would I would imagine uh, adding some new stuff is is a a plus um, for people who have already spent dozens and dozens of hours playing this the first of these games in its sequel. Well, and you can you can sort of feel like it feels a little long in the tooth. I'm not going to lie about that either. Like just sure, interface sure. wise, yeah. like going back to this from Three Kingdoms, I'm like it's communicating information a little less, um, you know, adeptly. Um, it just feels just a little bit clunkier overall than than what is their current like state of the art. Uh, and and so to an extent, like it it kind of felt like if this is going to be the swan song for this this version for this vision of like Total War Warhammer. Um, they probably did need to do some things to pull out all the stops. And this feels like a good solution to that. I think they've been, this team, the, the, the arc of this development has been finding really clever things to do with very specific faction design and faction scenarios. And I think creating these sort of 
uh, scenario-based missions is a really sensible next step and mm-hmm. uh, bodes well for what the uh, you know major signature moments of these campaigns will look like. Totally. All right. Uh, I feel like we should take a break. When we come back, we can talk about some other games we've been playing. BRB. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We are back. Um, I uh, I picked up that. Uh, I know y'all already talked about this a bunch, but that Resident Evil Eight. Or sorry, Resident Evil Village. It's it's called Village. It's not called Eight. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's I believe it's officially not called Eight. They're trying to get away from the numbers. Numbers that makes which, sense. But the numbers are yeah, in yeah. the village. The numbers yeah. are in the village. Well, because I think it's they're like hat tipping to longtime fans while also yeah. being like the Eight is probably off putting to like. A larger audience. <laughs> yeah, and that game is totally fine to play by itself. Like, I... Mm-hmm. That, yeah, you that could little... never have played a Resident Evil game and RE8, probably more of... More, more than, than any. Than, like, uh... Seven, RE2. probably... Seven, seven would have been tough. With Ethan wasn't, was important? There's a two-minute video, Rob, at the top of this thing that made me bond with Ethan more than anything in Resident Evil 7, so... <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> he did, he went through a lot. You know what? Seeing it all he laid did. out like that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've also enjoyed the people breaking down the just egregious lack of uh, precaution that this this family is taking with this new oh child God. they have in their home. They are not supposed the the baby crib that they have is very much. Yeah, I guess if you're doing this in the 1960s before we've had a lot of research about how babies are supposed to sleep without like oh, wait, dying a, oh, is that randomly. What's, tell me what's wrong with that crib. Oh, you're not supposed to have bumpers on the, the side oh. of that crib. Like the kids can suffocate on that. You are wait, not supposed Jesus. to put them. Like, um, so in cribs, historically, you might have grown up this way. I forget what, like, the cutoff was. To the, I had yeah. it when I was a baby, I think. But, like, there would be, like, almost like uh, like cushions on the side of the, yeah. the crib. So, the yeah. But th- those things are, like. Those are bad. At some point, it killed enough kids that it was, like, this isn't whatever it's doing to, like, help comfort for children. It's killing enough of them that we should just not, not do that. And so you're not supposed to have bumpers. That's like a huge, like one of the first things that like pediatricians tell you is like, no, they don't sell them. Don't do custom ones. You don't put, you know, you don't put pillows in there. There's a pillow in there. I believe you don't put a blanket in there. Like you don't put any of that stuff into a crib until kids are like really capable of understanding what they're putting on themselves. It's like, it's all trying to a pillow account for. Footage. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a t- there was a TikTok that I was cracking. They they open up oh a window God. right next to the crib. The baby can't crawl out of that window, but you you know you never know. Maybe that's the yeah, night the baby puts it together. Um, <laughs> it's all <laughs> like with babies before they. You're all accounting for just like ridiculous edge cases. Is that going to happen to your kid? No, probably but, not. Like, who wants to be the statistic? And right, so, like, for right. for kids, like, especially under age one, is just all accounting for 
for I don't think I can handle cases. this. You can. It's 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 not as hard as it seems. Oh, this yeah. doesn't happen in the game. In the game, nothing. Ha- it's fine, Rob. It's fine. Yeah, the, the kid does not. The kid's yeah, fine. I don't know what happens. The, bad things probably happen to the child, fine? but there's nothing oh, to do I, yeah, with I, the Witcher's family. The kid is not fine. Yeah, don't let. Yeah, uh-huh. Who presu- I actually think presuming it's a child. I'm. I've not gotten any further than what I said. I'm only speculating on the the seven hours that I played. Presuming it's even a child, I think yeah, is maybe going sort of beyond. Lord. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? I. I. That's. I. I. I generally know because I got sick. Is right after the podcast we recorded last week, talking about Resident Evil, 8. About so I haven't gotten any Village, further yeah. than. I, I'm well, so like, early. I like. I don't have anything. I'm sure you covered all of the basic stuff in that in that thing, which is like this is a goofier game in so many ways that well, I. Well, just well, it's curious with you because you're not someone that cares all that much about horror as a genre, but yeah, but you, I played. You really liked RE2. RE, I really liked the RE2 remake. I liked Seven, but Seven was too scary for me. And this to complete one and, and, alone. And RE8, uh, because it hit personal, like, like I'm yeah. all, I am, I am, I can watch, I can watch any kind of creature feature or any sort of like sure. slasher flick or any sort of like more serious cinema thing. And I don't, I don't only mean hereditary for, like I don't even mean, that. I mean that too, but I even mean things, um, um, like, uh, Suspiria, what, what? Mandy, right? Totally. So, yeah, 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 totally. Or, or yeah, or Mandy or like, um, uh, like home invasion thrillers, uh, I can oh, yeah, like, purge, deal with purge. right. <laughs> yeah, like the like the purge. Yeah, purge is baby stuff compared to it where is the baby home stuff. Genre. Th- this goes. is you're right. Why, why I say this is someone who we talk about watched Black Christmas uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> sure, being like, <laughs> sure. oh man, I'll bet these I'll bet these sorority girls are gonna fuck up this serial killer. And <laughs> it turns out I was thinking of the remake that was done uh, later, I see. and I not see. the original, which is, hey, do you want to see some people brutally killed? Uh huh. Right. Um. But the one thing, the the one type of these things that has always fucked with me is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which still has creature design in it. Yeah. But like that style of you were just driving through rural America and s- stumble your way into whoops a fucked up family who like wants to torture you. That one, not too far for me. Like not that's what RE7 is just that's like that yeah, RE right. uh, across it, it, Texas. It, it, it excels at it. And I love watching other people play. And I played a bunch of it. I got through like the halfway point of that game. Like I was, yeah, you, you I made it through, outside of the house. If I, if I, I made it, correctly. I made it through the, the B house. I made it through the right. old, the old yeah. house also, which has like the second big boss. I was probably very close to that game. Just becoming, there's an underground. Like, yeah. Metal you you would hit the part facility. that it turns into. Yeah. It's not as, not as good. Ari, right. I, <laughs> play, playing I RE8. Playing. I, I definitely uh, was curious. I thought that you might be able to get into it. If only for the fact that I know, you know, we've touched on this a number of times with the, the, the remake that, uh, uh, rooms turn blue. Rooms turn blue. This rooms, game rooms turn blue. And oh. this game has <laughs> a specific new addition to the room turns blue that is can drive you fucking batty. Um, because there are these shiny little objects. Oh yeah. That so for people who haven't that's played like an this RE4 game, thing that's back. Yeah. So the if, medallions. If, if, in, no. Oh, so okay. uh, in in Resident Evil Two specifically, and, and the other games. Resident Evil games have had this where like, you know, uh, it is red if there are objects still in there and then it is blue if you've explored everything there is there. But but RE2's the remake was so specific in identifying things on the map that it became uh, it was enjoyable to find all those things. And it wasn't a huge hurdle. It didn't feel like you were doing a trophy hunting thing where it was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go look up a a walkthrough to to do all to do all this. It was very it actually was satisfying to 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 make to see that flip. 
move on to the next room. And RE8, despite being a little more open, still has that. But there are there are sequences where specific rooms where you've looked at every drawer. There's not a locked drawer that I got to come back with a lock pick. <laughs> like, there's not something obvious. Like, I've opened up all the vases. It's like, no, I need to just slowly pan the camera at every possible ca- angle to see the little shiny thing in the corner glittering up up near like a chandelier next to another light source shoot it with one bullet have that drop have so it drop it's a spindles. crystal fragment Patrick, yeah i'm yeah, feeling like guilty here because i think i might have cut galt's graph on that from the review because i was like <laughs> this seems specific and it really breaks the flow but there's an entire graph of like look this game does this thing <laughs> and it seems to break the rules of what you expect and what the game is telling you. And it's really frustrating. So I'm just going to tell you about the shiny thing. And I was like, people don't need to know about the shiny thing in this review. Maybe they did. I, it's well, if, if anyone that's played one of these games recently will kind of know what they're in for. This one is just a more specific sort of uh, it can tr- d- drive you up a wall. But the, I enjoyed the, it. The I, I, li- is, I like that part of it. Now, yeah, I still really enjoy finding it. Like, so far, I've not missed one. So I have not had that thing of like and, and it's never been one. the thing I've it maybe it's been the last thing in a room, but it's never been the thing where I'm like, what the fuck am I missing in this room? There have been moments when I've done that. Where I'm like, why won't this room turn blue? What is in here that I don't that I don't see? Um, and it's it's normally it's like it is a drawer I missed some a drawer I missed somewhere or, or a puzzle I haven't a, figured out. Look for a bird cage. Ooh, look bird cage. Look okay. for a bird. The only there was mind. only one room in the. There's a point where you have to leave the castle. Um, yeah. and it's it's just you're leaving that area behind. You can't go back there. It's a it's a cutoff. Um. And I could not find the one thing. The game was in not out room. yet, so there was no right. walkthrough so to now look you up. Look at the birdcage. But it's uh, well, no, I got the bird cages. And I, oh. so the, the, what occurred to me was that I uh, there are these like little bird cages that are like kind of hidden. You shoot them, you know, something's hidden inside. And I found one and got up off of my seat. It was like, yes, this is it. <laughs> Let's turn blue. Let's turn blue. <laughs> but like, and is, so it's so. I, it just feels so good to get that. Thing I know like, it, it, it. It it really is, and it drops. I grabbed like it was like a you know a thousand dollars or whatever the equivalent currency yeah. is in that game, and then I let's. And it's like like I'm playing a game show, and let's go to the map, and yeah. like click. Still red. Like, throw my controller <laughs> in the air. So mad. Incredible. And I'm sure it has to, I'm sure it is a a, a shiny bit that I, and I, I combed. I looked and I could not find it. Yeah. And, and at a certain point, you know, that only gets it's you like fine. Five, five. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like but it's, it's not any money. Like, that's the thing is like, but it's the still big fun. money objects in this game are such, are so big money that you, I mean, I guess maybe one of them could be, if they put one of those things behind a shiny thing, I'd be pissed. Because like the, the okay, so you, you, there's a merchant in this game. Sidebar, very fat phobic design. Yeah, we we did that. Gross. We did that last okay, week. Yeah, uh, don't need to dig into that. Um, seems like you know uh, a nice guy, but boy, woof. Um, uh, the uh, you talk about how the way to make the most money is to find the things that are combinable. That right. like no, sometimes you find a that. gem, yeah. and on top of saying valuable, it'll say combinable. And mm. yeah, it's 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 like combining a key and a key or whatever in in Resident Evil. I mean, it's literally the one that I found so far is you know you find that ring very early on and you have to take the agate out of it and that becomes a key you can put into something. Yes, mm. you then find the same thing but reversed, hidden in a in a secret room that has a very stupid puzzle. Did you do the puzzle with the two braziers and the pipe bomb? 
in the basement <laughs> yes, of the castle. Yes, yes. I yes. Like, could not get those things to touch each other. I could either, either. I ended up I. using my gun and it worked. I shot them at each other and I was like, all right, bullets solve everything. I, I was literally evil. just, so there's, there's a sequence and this doesn't spoil it because the actual doing is is the puzzle. But like, yes, you have it's to like very obvious. Swing, yeah, these, these braziers that you're, sw- you're trying to get fire to connect with fire, but it like the physics are so wonky and your your character yeah. is very uh Ethan Winters is extremely heavy. He moves slow. Like mm. he he this game doesn't have tank controls, but he he moves at the speed of a tank. Um <laughs> and you have this sequence in which you're trying to line up these fires and I I thought I I genuinely thought I was doing something wrong. I would I like step back and be like I must I'm missing something. Yeah. And then I would look at it and go I'm not. I'm like, not. I not, just you're not need, missing shit. So then I just <laughs> put it's like on one a of those pot. things. Like it's like if you imagine a swing where you pulled it back or you pushed it back and then let it go and then it didn't have any of the mo- momentum it should. If and you, you don't have a, your character doesn't move fast enough for you to run around, <laughs> yes. catch it, and then like push it to get the further momentum. I just put on a podcast. It was just running back and forth at random, figuring <laughs> so, this is just as good a, a way to do this than to do it intentionally. And eventually, it connected. And what I ended up like, doing was standing behind one of them shooting the the back one so it went forward and then came back and then shooting the near one so way, it went fast maybe that's what you're supposed to do like maybe but it was stupid anyway uh you know you do a puzzle you you end up getting the ring and then you put the agate in the ring uh like as if you're doing it as if you're like oh I'll put this key back in the key holder basically and <laughs> that thing ended up being worth like 12 grand or something and i love that i like that mm-hmm. aspect of of like again like it is just nice to, it scratches the brain to find valuables in a in a haunted castle like it simply yep. does um uh so that stuff is all good and then and then going back to this thing of like the tone of the game which i'm sure y'all hit already is just so bonkers um it feels like a very gory version of um, what's the Disney haunted house attraction called again? Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Right. Where like very distinctive character designs, like here are the four fucking lords of this, of this manor, five lords of this, of this, of this, you know, uh, estate. All of them are fucked up in distinct ways. Each of them are going to have a wing of this, of this place. I know that all, it's all going to be different designs and I'm going to deal with them all in different ways. And along the way, Ethan Winters is going to get fucked up beyond repair, except wait a second. He has the, instant repair juice on him there are moments in this game where i shout and laugh as hard as i've ever there's a moment i'm not going to say what the moment is but there's Uh a moment in the castle which is the first area first i mean it's not the first area because there's a whole long intro in the village but the first like open area where you're doing real exploration uh that is the funniest shit i've ever seen in a video game. And the game knows it. Like, of course the game knows the, it. The, the, the game is almost rubbing in your face like, look at this shit that doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't is make it sense. this fun for us to do? And I feel like some of that was in RE7. Because um, yes. he got fucked up in that game too and did do some wild it's, shit. It's, it's sort of the sort of the Baker family. Like, yeah. Would, get, would like regularly get mauled and mutilated and they would and, just uh, yeah. like, I mean, like, be I, okay. What I remember of Mia in that first game is that she stabbed Mia a bunch. And I shot her a bunch, and we probably both just drank enough of that that chem juice, that that heal the heal goop, to get through <laughs> it. No big deal. I also just want to say, here's the thing: uh-huh. the premise of Resident Evil Village is you have married and started a family with Mia, who is your wife, who you went and rescued from Louisiana, and the Baker family. I think it, it's very noble to have saved that person. I think it is. <laughs> Good to to be there during this period of recovery and treatment. I don't think I would have started a family with someone who I went through that with. 
I don't think I would have had a baby with someone who stabbed <laughs> well, me and they, 80 and they, times. And they have not dealt with no, the no, trauma. No, 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 no. This game opens with, 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 with the, a giant open wound that's like, hey, we don't talk about that time in Louisiana, which makes it sound like it was a bad weekend where someone had right. a little too much to drink and you got right. in a really bad fight and it ruined right. the whole weekend. And like, ah, oh, what a shame. I mean, there were no, really bad guess- fights. They involved knives in my stomach. Like, <laughs> it's bad. Remember when that family mutated to the size of a house and then, like, special <laughs> forces to had to us. come no, save yes. us? No, we don't talk about that time, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then this relationship isn't going to happen. Because we need to talk about that time. Yeah. Uh, or else. Because, like, sometimes a baby is a dog. And you just got to bring it into the family to to make things a whole lot worse because you haven't actually identified what was the actual before. situation. Yeah, the actual <laughs> problem. Anyway, I'm enjoying this game. I like the the crew of weird people. Um, I think that the the like house looks good. There's some like screen door effects on some of the textures, and then other stuff looks better than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I like don't understand what the I don't understand why this game can sometimes look incredible and sometimes just look absolutely like disappointing. I feel like I noticed that screen door thing a lot more just in games broadly now. And I'm wondering if there's like some sort of like filtering or like, is it a film graining thing? But there's so many games now. I turn that film grain off in this. I I know, but it's like, there's so many games where like there's, there's parts of it where I'm like something about this seems like crushed and compressed in a way that like doesn't fit. The thing, the place where I know I've seen it intentionally, or not intentionally, but where I know I can have control over it, tends to be in games that do, like, upsampling and downsampling, where, mm-hmm. oh, I want to get a resolution that I, I want to run this at 4K, but I can't really run this at 4K, so I'm going to downsample it, or... I can run this at 4K, but I'm only running it at 1080p. So let me upsample. Is that what is that what that's called? Where like, or the other thing is, uh, what's the is it DLSS? What's the yeah. what's the um the AI focused thing yeah. that like lets yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you're right. I I think it's it's one of those features in 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 a game. I want to say even it was going back to when I was like playing Cyberpunk still. I was able to like, oh, okay, this is reducing that screen door effect for me in exchange for some performance hits, basically. Um, and but Ari's options, nothing I do gets rid of that effect on like paintings in the world. Um, but also some of the paintings look incredible. So like, I don't, I don't know if it's an asset level thing. I don't know if it's, hey, there's something in this room that is causing a serious dip and it's trying to like fix that. Um, there's a room in that castle that is, is truly haunted. It's just like an attic armory where my frame rate goes to shit for no reason. Like there's, it's just a wooden room, but for some reason that one place. Are you playing on PC? I'm playing on PC. Yeah. Well, I've heard the PC version has really weird hiccup and that makes perfect sense. So I think that, I think that might just be, uh, related to that version. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I don't have anything, you know, meaningful to say at this point because I'm still. I like, I like that Resident Evil is 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 getting broadly redefined into not having a definition. Um, there's like that's like a piece that I want to uh to to write and talk to some folks who followed this mm-hmm. series for for a long time. Um, is that I, I think that's part of what's even though I wanted RE8 to be like a direct follow up to RE7 and be like double down on. Like the like nightmare, that creepy, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think don't that bl- would have been good. Like even if that wouldn't have been as much of a scratch the itches in my brain thing, I still think that would have been a worthy. But, but thing I, to I do. understand how they arrive at where they. And, but there's there's something so interesting that this game still feels quintessentially Resident Evil, while at the same time, if you were to sit down and like write down, like, well, what is 
explain to me what that means. And I don't right. know that you can, but, and that's like, I don't know, that's really exciting for whatever this, you know, the franchise becomes or the directions yeah. it goes in. And I still like that it has its multiple tracks that they're, it sounds like we're, you know, they're going to, this is going to be a trilogy of games. There will be another first person Resident Evil that comes out in a couple of years. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, Resident Evil 4 is like, more ambitious that remake, remake is almost is happening. happening. Yeah, yeah. Th- that, it's like, just funny to me that like the last game in the series, or, or RE RE seven, not the last game that was RE three remake, I guess technically, but um, RE seven was like, oh, this is this this touches some some real anxieties or, or around uh, families and uh, and like the the ways in which the rural uh, can feel particularly scary to me and blah 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 and this is like if Mr. Sinister from the X-Men showed up and be like yeah okay yeah that motherfucker had to be involved in this I should have known that motherfucker was involved in this <laughs> the greatest crossover uh, of all time Resident Evil can you, can you imagine if Cross just some X-Men? random sure be incredible um, give me the mod so, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Capcom, Capcom has those licenses, right? Fucking they still. Um, I don't know. That they, they did that last that last fighting game didn't go over well. I don't yeah. know that Marvel's gonna be. There's a That's reason true, people are rooting for NetherRealm to to make the next one. Right. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun. God, NetherRealm should make a, a Marvel versus DC game. People would lose it. That would be the I'm biggest Malcolm. shit. <laughs> well, you you have. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's actually going to to happen, but you do have like. Uh, 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 Ed Boon out here, you know, doing tweets as these rumors started. Um, because there was a game before they do like this. What are their this really good feature they do where they ask rapid fire questions to developers? Mm-hmm. And at one point they asked Ed Boon, "Have you ever taken a meeting with Marvel?" And he goes, has a long pause. He goes, "Yes, we have." And it was a couple of years ago, I guess. And then James Gunn, you know, who's doing Suicide Squad, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like you know, made a bunch of Marvel movies. And then Ed Boon was out there saying. Uh, it's like, congratulations to James Gunn. It's really cool how he's able to make Marvel and DC things yeah, at the okay. same time. And so like, <laughs> he, now granted, it's like really hard to look into that because Ed Boon is notoriously really good at trolling a line <laughs> and, and fucking with his fans. So like, it's just as likely they do an Injustice 3 that has nothing to do with Marvel. Because um, yeah. Injustice 2 was really, really fun. Like I would be just as happy with them doing another... DC fighting game. I, have you seen that clip going around of where people uh, uh, put together the like so in Injustice Two when the the fighters clash like and this happens yeah. in the World Comic as well like they you know they have a little quip and everyone just compiled like Batman going up against like everybody in the in the the DC universe and he's always just saying you know it's like Cheetah being like ah I'm gonna you know you're such a fierce opponent and he always says I'm Batman and it's just a complete <laughs> compilation of him doing that it's so. That's fucking fun. I have to find it. It's, Please find it's extremely it. Extremely good. Um, can you imagine that trailer where like people think it's just Injustice Three because like Superman is there right. or whatever, or Dark Side is there, and then out of nowhere you hear like I don't know, you hear a Thanos voice or you hear a Iron Man quip or I don't know who's who's the most distinctive. Who is the person who like shows up? Well, is it Wolverine like showing up and doing a Berserker barrage? Like you mm. can't do a Berserker barrage because that's literally a yeah. Capcom thing, right? So can't use those maneuvers. Um, is it? But is it like the snicked sound effect of and Wolverine's claws coming into yeah. view? Uh, is it Spider Man? I was gonna say either that or Spider Man, like thwip. The thwip of like yeah, a web, web. comes from off screen. Yeah. That'd be sick. Spider Man's anyway. weird though. I don't. Spider Man's like a Sony thing. You know, like I don't right. think you can that's, even guarantee yes, that Spider Man would show up. And yeah. Uh, also, I don't know. Tonally, that's what I'd want from the Never Nether Realms. Like he's such a I don't know. I guess they have goofball characters in those games. So he was in the last Marvel vs. Capcom, right? The, no, but I'm saying I, 
Yeah, of course, but that's a that's like totally not a Nether Realm game. Sure, Nether Realm sure, games sure, are sure. so like you know gruesome often, even even their even injustice. Um, anyway, so it'll be carnage, is what you're saying. It'll be carnage. Carnage <laughs> fits the the mold of a Nether Realm game extremely well. Yeah. What if they just partner with Venom <laughs> Two? The Venom yep, Carnage. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, is that Woody Harrelson Circus is directed? Carnage? Really? Who is Woody? Huh? I'm pretty sure. Isn't that right? Is that who plays yeah. Carnage? No. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. Getting getting those checks, Woody. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, anything else? Anyone else want to? Uh, uh, what are you playing, Patrick? Uh, shout out. I have been playing. I, I weirdly, I I checked out Roblox this week. Yeah, I, I saw you on Twitter po- posting about Roblox. Yeah, uh, that kid has occasionally uh, said like, "I'd like, to, I would like to check out Roblox." I'm like, and I will ask, "What do you mean by that?" And w- what she means is, I would like to watch a video of a child. Playing Roblox, it's like okay, that's that's fine. Um, Roblox for people who don't know, you you probably heard it vaguely. It is uh, it is a platform um, as, as opposed to a game, um, like a set of tools, game creation tools that are accessible to you know even just the most basic uh, uh, sort of uh, creators, yeah, young people. Um, it is just had a recent uh, IPO that was huge. I guess they had a bad recent quarterly report, um, but um, nonetheless, it's a, it's a it's a really big company. Um, and I uh, recently interviewed the developers. I think this, I don't know if the story is up. It was to, I think it was supposed to go up this morning. Um, checking now to see if the piece went live. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, uh, yes. how, how these, these developers how they, hope to build hope a 100 person, person game studio game inside studio Roblox. Inside Roblox. <laughs> yes. Um, so Adopt Me is a uh, this this game inside. So when you like open Roblox, it's just access to like a bunch of different games. And when you jump into any one of these games. I mean, it, it quite literally is a is a fever dream. Um, like the aesthetic is like a Second Life adjacent. It is chaos. Like the Comic Sans font is everywhere. Um, <laughs> it is it is truly jarring. Like it it is a it is a world in which traditional UI aesthetics design have been not rejected, but it has its own like design right. it, language. It grew visual out of language. a different heritage yes. of of players who are all young kids like or who were all young kids six right, roblox, years ago roblox is well, roblox is 10 years old um, Jeez, right and okay. it launched in mm-hmm. uh, uh, i think it originally launched in 2006 so even that longer than that um it's you know growing in maturity and being a, a six creation years tool. ago like when i first got to giant bomb the roblox people reached out were like we're secretly the biggest thing uh-huh. for this demographic in the world and no one knows about this do you want to do a story about us I like really considered it, but I was like, Giant Bomb's audience is just going to reject this. Like, this is just not like they're not interested in this style of reporting. And to this day, I'm like, I should have fucking written that story because Roblox is 100 percent like an untalked about, like, you know, completely ignored. So, you you know, the the reason like this, this came into my orbit because on one hand, I'm waiting on some answers from an interview I'm doing with uh, Terry Kavanaugh, the designer of. VVV, VVV, yep. and uh, uh, Dicey Dungeons, um, you know, someone who is, like, really well-known, respected in, like, the indie game space, and he spent the last, you know, month or so building uh, a game, it's like Giant Man Auto, I, th- I think is the, the name of it, I might I might have that off a little bit, um, building a game in Roblox, and so he's been doing these tweet threads explaining his time with the tool set, and uh, just, like, basically, like, oh, this audience is 
not necessarily too big to ignore, although it probably is too big to ignore, but just this is interesting and curious. I'm going to spend some some time there. So I saw that combined with being uh, reached out to by these folks, Adopt Me, who for the last couple of years have had, if not the, like one of the biggest games on Roblox. It is a game that started as sort of like a family simulator where it's like, oh, you're a mom and a dad and you have a baby and you like feed it and it grows and gets bigger. And then it got it shot through the roof in terms of popularity when they added pets. Um, oh. And so when you jump into adopt me, you get an egg and this egg follows you around. And this egg says, I'm thirsty. And I'm like, all right, egg, let's go to the coffee shop. And so we go to the coffee shop. I get some coffee. I feed it to this egg. Hmm. This egg is very happy to have this coffee. Um, it fills up a little meter. And then the, the egg says, I'm tired. I'm like, all right, egg, <laughs> let's go back home. And I, the egg will follow me or I could pick it up and I can cradle it and we head back to the house and this meter fills up and then crack. And then out comes an animal. In, in this case, uh, a, like a, a basic, you know, like brown uh, puppy. And so this this game uh, had very recently nearly 2 million concurrents, which that would put it at the top of the Steam charts. It has 60 million people that play it at least once, uh, you know, uh, on a monthly basis. Like it would be like just an enormous story in, in like sort of traditional uh, quote games, if we were you know uh, you know had it in that space where Roblox wasn't just sort of like ignored as a young thing mm-hmm. for kids, even though it's really no different than a than a Minecraft. I do think a lot of it has to do with the aesthetic. I think it is ugly to look at. It is it is really <laughs> di- it is difficult to penetrate. You jump in, there's a there's a chat room in the corner that is not run by the individual games, and so that is run by Roblox. So there is just a universal chat that that is is proximity based or like sort of like individually server based like you've been spawned into these x number of players um which is of course not all that similar to anyone that's played an mmo but it it is not run by these games and so i i I dropped in to this roblox instance in which there were a group of i can only presume to be young people I, i you know i guess i shouldn't assume maybe the adopt me community is it has older folks playing now but they there was a dispute occurring over this one person said, this person's, they're, they're a scam artist. You don't, you don't want to trade with them. Do not go Ooh. anywhere near them. And then this person was saying, no, 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 I'm like reformed. And like another person was saying like they could vouch for them. And this is all occurring while I'm feeding my egg uh, coffee. Uh, and so it's just, <laughs> it's a very harsh environment to go in because yeah. it's, it's deeply uninterested in any sort of onboarding. The interface, like it looks like you're, like, you know, if, if you were to be looking at rough drafts of a game developer figuring out what will be our final UI, you would you would look at this and go, not no, 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 no. Like, no, this is not this is not what you put in the game. And so mm-hmm. I think in that regard, it has a bunch of barriers for folks that play quote unquote traditional games where they would look at it and uh it is not purposely off-putting, it's just it's more that it's just its own universe. And if you're not familiar with its language and practices yeah. and how how it displays itself, it can seem off-putting because it's not particularly interested in like bridging that outreach because they have hundreds of millions of people. Why should they give a shit if 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 you're not interested? So this is all to say this led me to speaking to this this studio uh, because Adopt Me has now been so popular for so long that they went from two people who met in Roblox that decided to make a game in Roblox. That game uh, went on to make enough money to support a 40-person studio continuing to develop Adopt Me. And what's important there is that the 
financial split on Roblox is stacked against developers. Right. So whereas in on Steam or Xbox or Nintendo, it's it's traditionally a 70-30 split um, in which the platform holder is taking 30, the developer is taking 70. You just flip that in Roblox. Jeez. Like we where you are taking, um, you know, this, the numbers aren't exactly the same, but essentially it, it's, it's flipped. And they were still making enough to fund a 40-person team um, and they wanted to Jesus. sort of formalize the process where they wanted to not just have a handful of employees and a bunch of contractors. Uh, they wanted to provide yeah. healthcare. They wanted to provide like 401ks. They wanted to be an actual studio that builds games in Roblox, provides uh, career growth and uh, sort of employee growth. And so that's they rebranded themselves as Uplift Games. And like that, the, the story I wrote was kind of walking through that process and how they're trying to create stability in like a really unstable environment. Cause also Roblox is very trend based. Like a lot of what happens in Roblox is you have kids or young people making a game. It gets really popular really fast. It's really tied into like the YouTube economy. Mm. So like a game gets popular in Roblox, right. a bunch of YouTube creators make videos around it. Then all of a sudden it gets really popular. And what do those people want? Well, they want more content. Well, this handful of young people are not prepared to be an established developer to like avoid burnout, to be able to create things at a, at a steady pace. And so these games ultimately sort of end up burning out because the people that make them burn out and just do not have a process in place. And so a lot of like Uplift is trying to develop processes, like creating actual tools. Like Roblox doesn't have a robust development community that is like building tools and art assets for people to work with. And so right. a lot of Uplift is doing is like building those processes themselves so they can like have a pipeline that is making but new still, pets that go into the game. But they want to stay in Roblox. They want to stay in Roblox. And they, they talk, they have an interesting split where they have to have an onboarding process where they want to hire people that come from, you know, I only use traditional just as like a shorthand, but like, you know, the, right. lots of games that we normally talk about, like building games in Roblox is is a difference. So it's like it's they, different than using Unity. It's different yes. than using yeah, sure. And so you know, you they'll hire people outside of that space, and it's like they have to spend you know weeks, months, like getting like this is how you build a thing in Roblox. Also, it's legitimate. It, it you're not. It is not a downgrade to go right, build a right. game in Roblox. So that's in like a lot of ecosystem. what they're yeah, what they're going for is trying to kind of uh, I guess professionalize would be like the, the is the term I use in the story is sort of like the professionalization of being a Roblox developer, that it's something you can do that is not just a flash in the pan. It is something mm -hmm. that is sustainable. It can be, um, you know, brought up to the, the studio's ethos as being inclusive, where they talk about having, like, trans people of color, not just on their staff, but in managerial positions and, like, senior leadership positions. They also, the interesting aside was, you know, I think the traditional feeling would be like, oh, tens of millions of kids anonymous must be, like, a shitty place to hang out. And, you know, at least the takeaway from, you know, the, the, this one studio was like, actually, like the younger generation is way more inclusive, like they're shitty on their own terms, right? Like they they have their problems, uh -huh. but in terms of like being queer or trans, like that's not the issue. Like that's not the, the, the problems they deal with kids sharing passwords and then stealing one another's like pets and secretly uh -huh. dumping that in the middle of the night. Not actually like being called, you know, a bunch of uh, bigoted terms. And so, right, you know, the right. fact that it's actually easier for them to build a studio with that inclusivity in mind because the actually audience doesn't they don't even have attention with their their audience necessarily in that regard. Mm. So it's just interesting. Like, it's one of those things that I want to understand more because I feel like it's this inevitable thing that's going to collide with my kid. And so that I yes, and I do believe that it's really underserved in terms of 
critical reporting. You know, we, actually, Motherboard has done some good stuff about that in terms of like the child monitoring and like the abuse that happens there. But I do think it's just not talked about in like our circles at all. And so this was like the kind of two pronged approach to kind of like start wrapping my head around like what is happening in this space more because I'd like to understand it before my kid it gets there. Like, what is my kid jumping into? Like, you can only know so much at a certain point. You have to kind of like let the ripcord go and hope that your kid, you know, has been imparted the lessons to, to, to learn those things on, on, on their own merits. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know that I enjoyed my time in adopt me. Like, frankly, like sure, it is so but like, harsh, but, it, but it's interesting game inside of Roblox. Right. right? Rod, uh-huh. did you have something? Was that a hand or you? No, I think I was just, I was thinking about like, one of the things that I feel like I've picked up is that often there's a lot of anxiety about being totally platform dependent uh, right. in game space. And obviously, by definition, you are like you are existing within this greater program. And I'm curious whether that there was that was a source of tension or anxiety uh, for the studio where like if they start making a go of it, um are they one like are are they excessively dependent on the whims of like however uh, Roblox develops in the future? But two, does it easily lend itself to a situation? But like we saw with Facebook games back in the day, where like Facebook's interest was making sure that Facebook won, not necessarily that anybody developing for Facebook was was going to win. Um, and so we we sort of saw that market crash a bit as more people entered it. Um, and I'm curious if, if they're sort of thinking along those lines. Yeah, I mean, that it was hard not to have in the back of my mind and uh, talking to them. I was like, oh, is this just establish a studio within Roblox, make enough money to make things outside of Roblox? And Roblox just becomes like a steady source of income, but then allows you to, you know, use external tools and platforms to to, to build off of. And they seem to really push back on that and, and the notion that like, no, actually Roblox itself is is a sustainable enough community and platform. Um, and, you know, they were, what was it? They were, I, I had to cut it from the, the piece, but um, I don't have the actual technical term in front of me, but it was interesting because they mentioned there was something that got added to Roblox just recently as a developer tool in terms of how you handle like the meshes of models. There was added to like any engine in like 2006 <laughs> and it's just right. got added to Roblox because it's just not necessarily in the order of hierarchy of like what, what even the users or developers want. And so it's like, it's just like a, it's a different orienting of like, what is the, the order of events that needs to occur in order for us to accomplish our goal or what the goals are of the audience. And so, yeah, I mean, I, they, they've been pretty open about saying they have some issues. There, there is inherent tension in having Roblox have so much control over the platform. But I, I think my takeaway from having talked to them is that the sheer audience size is such that it seems like it makes up for the fact that you don't have that direct control or the tensions mm-hmm. are different than what you would have with a Steam or a Nintendo or a Microsoft. Um, it just kind of comes with its own set of complications that are that are different. And the financial one is one that I wonder, it, 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 the maturity of Adopt Me or a studio in there that can wield actual power and influence, which is they can say, we are an established brand. Right. When we launch a new thing, this thing we can guarantee is going to be popular in your ecosystem. Is it like, would it be like completely shocking if all of a sudden Roblox started like, you know, carving out like a, a development different preferred, cuts or, different cuts or, or prioritizing development of new, uh, you know, 
uh, tools right for, hey your team needs this this is this is right. suddenly going to be so yes. and it's like yes. it, it makes more sense that, that would happen if you have established developers that can make established requests and that well you're going to be around a year from now yeah. so we're going to establish you know we're going to invest the tools to, to to build that into the ecosystem because you know we, you're we not know just you're, gonna, you're right you're not just someone who's like throwing things at a wall and then you're right. gonna get bored of this and then right. and then move on you're this is a business um the two things that come to mind here for me that are interesting one is just um uh, a friend of mine, Everest Pipkin, who's a game designer, um, and a, and a, a bunch of other things. On top of being a game designer, programmer, a, a, a I think rightly called a theorist, um, uh, is doing some work in in Roblox right now. Uh, people, mm-hmm. friends of the table, fans will know Everest from the ground itself, which we just ran. Um, people on the internet will know Everest from here is the article you can send to people when they say, but the environmental issues with crypto art will be solved soon, right? That I went along. I, I didn't yeah. I, I interviewed Everest for an article. For another thing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're great. Um, um, uh, <clears throat> this, the, the stuff that, that Everest is making in, um, <clears throat> in Roblox looks like nothing else you've ever seen in Roblox. I've had to link this game's radar story as a cached thing because game's radar seems to be down right now. <laughs> but if you just go in there and scroll down a little bit and look at Roblox Dream Diary in these screenshots, you'll be like, this is not Roblox. This is not what Roblox is supposed to look like. Um, uh, and so I think it's interesting that like also this person who does in like truly independent indie shit is like, in this space, being like, well, these tools are kind of interesting. These tools are kind of fascinating to play around with. Uh, so that's one of the things that I think is interesting. I'm curious if we see more of that, if, like, because the audience, especially you think about the Roblox audiences, my, my presumed what their age is, is right on the edge of, like, yeah, they would be interested also in playing some stuff that does weird, weird independent game Well, they're also gro- stuff, they're growing right? up, right? So that's like exactly what One of the I mean. things that yeah. the, like the, uh, the studio Uplift was, was discussing was that like, one, they, they have a split in the studio where, like, it's almost like not so 50-50, but they have a split between folks who are outsiders making games in the sort of the traditional uh, sort of like uh, ecosystem. And they have people who grew up in Roblox in which their entire framework of like, what are games? How do you make games? How do you build games? It's not entirely through Roblox, but that is like one of the primary prisms in which they even think about uh, right. game creation um, and and like a sort of an engine tool set. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like I, th- I think you end up in those situations where those people are, growing up and want to see or potentially see different things within the ecosystem they're already right. familiar with. It's like, what do you, that's already there. So that's, what do you do? What do you do with those tools and how can you stretch them? Yeah. You can find that by looking for stunning Roblox game proves it can create more than blocky lads. And and that's, you'd probably have to click <laughs> on a cached version of that unless games radar comes back up, which I hope it does. I don't know what happened. But, I, but I do, I do, um, uh, I, I do like part, part of the issue. And I think this is something that, the studio talked about in which they they discussed sort of like the the way that we delegitimize the legitimacy of Roblox as it already exists is actually inherent into a headline like this, mm-hmm. which is like stunning Roblox A improves it can yes, create more yes. than blocky lats. Like, well, but but it, what it's it already meant to did. do is to build. Well, no, but also what it's meant to do is to build blocky lads. And like mm-hmm. like it is it, you know the the question becomes like, well, yeah, I you may not be interested in Roblox. And the aesthetic that it, it it has created, and thus become its design language. Like, 
but who are you to say, well, thus then Roblox needs to change because I like I like what these twee indie games look like on Steam, right? right and so right, right, I'm right. not saying that's what Everest is doing. I'm like glad no, that there are I, people. I, I, this is like the, the, the thing I just sent is like screenshots from the latest bit, but they've been making stuff in Roblox now since like November. Um, and this thing has, there are other versions, there are other parts of the dream diary that do look just blocky. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just hesitate on like that yes. framework because I think it's very easy to fall into that trap of that like, makes a lot of sense. oh, what I want Roblox to do is to be this big popular thing where all well, these think, young people play the games that I like so that they'll also appreciate them. The thing that's them. interesting about it to me is just the tools are already capable of doing this. Right, right. And that's what makes it fascinating is that like this is not the thing that Everest has, has shown is like, oh, hey, this tool set that has been de- developed to make this style of thing and, and in which this style of thing is vastly popular also can be deployed in this other way. But no one, not, not a lot of pop, not a lot of people are doing it in a popular sense because that isn't what the culture of it has been. Right. Um, Rob, you have something else here? Because I have one other thing with Roblox that I want to note that is interesting about our conversation. No, I was just saying, I think this highlights to a degree, though, that I think in media broadly, there is one of the things that media struggles to do, and I see it most in games journalism because that's what we we look look at a lot. We cover news, and news implies a degree of novelty. And if something is just big and successful, in some ways it becomes Mm -hmm. an iceberg, where it's like we know it's out there, but we don't care because nothing new happened. It just it just is, and it's not worth talking about. Um, and I understand how we get there, but I think it does lead to a lot of issues where there are entire realms of experience out there that we are just completely oblivious to because they're status quo. And we lose sight of the fact that these things are so incredibly massive and influential because we are not looking, we are constantly on the lookout for the new thing and we're incapable of like kind of looking at, hey, this thing has persisted in a lot of ways and endured and grown. Um, but because it hasn't had a big like splashy moment, we do sort of latch onto these things of like, hey, Roblox, not what you thought. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the the important part there. The thing is, the other half of that of that diagram is audiences don't care. Like the Roblox audience is served by Roblox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, unless you're the Destiny audience is served by Destiny and Paul Passy, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like and 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 the Destiny forms right. Like um, uh, ongoing things. One of the things that you find is that like you cannot you cannot parachute in and even do a comprehensive feature about a very successful thing, or it's hard to do that and then see a result that seems like it moves the needle given the amount of effort that goes into, hey, did you are, did you know here are, here are a bunch of interesting stories about what's happening inside of this community that no one talks about because it's so successful that it's under our – or the other thing about Roblox is it's not just that it's so successful. It's also delegitimized because it's a children's it's, – its primary demographic is young people and not young people in the way we talk about young people, like right. children, right? Yes. Um, uh, uh, and, and I think that that delegitimization also happens on other vectors and often you see similar things happen. You look at the, the, the sports games, for instance, are delegitimized because the – partially because of who the player base is, but also because sports itself is kind of maligned inside of certain circles of – of games uh, coverage. Um, and so like that stuff, 
those stories just don't get told. The story about like what's happening in the FIFA community. I I bet there are interesting stories there. If it, if it doesn't I, have to intersect with loot crates and uh, right. team ultimate, that's the only intersection that you largely see. totally. But we're not like uh, and and the the reason for that partly is yes, we don't have the there is a bias towards novelty, but I also think the, that bias is shared by the readership as as often as by no oh, no that's definitely the, true the the journalist which is like which is a problem and, like and like I don't like I don't I don't chip away at it. Right, like I don't necessarily expect like this Roblox piece, or even like the, if you know I write one about Terry Kavanaugh's game, either those to do well. But like part of that is there probably is a story that will do well that I can convey to the audience and like and bridge that gap. But I also need to spend the time writing. Do you spend the time writing pieces no one is going to read that yeah. are still interesting and worthwhile to build the the foundational knowledge to then tell the stories that you can like. Hey, this is why you should be paying attention, and this is why it, it it's worth you know you know putting your eye in that direction. Totally. The second angle here that is so fascinating to me is we just talked a lot about what was that? What was it? The adopt me? Is that what it was called? Yes. The the you called it the game. Yeah, it's it's like a it's, because I mean, it's, it's, it's Apple's like a, Tristan uh, Kosminka uh, uh-huh. says that it is not a game. That that is an experience. Something like the experiences that you look at in Minecraft. Uh, mm. Roblox has recently been in the news because of the ongoing Apple Epic uh, uh, legal uh, case, uh, which has. Uh, did y'all talk about that last on Monday? No, the not really. Last, no. whatever that was. Um, the stuff that's come out of that has been fascinating, um, and especially includes, the especially the discussion of what is a game. Uh, yeah, includes what is a game in which, which is caught up largely because so much of that. I guess correct me if I'm wrong. So much of this case is caught up in the idea that Epic would like people to be able to. buy things in Fort. Apple doesn't want to put anything on the store that is itself a store, right? Mm -hmm. Or that is itself selling games because they say they, I mean, what they, and specifically specifically related to the medium of video games. They are fine with you accessing a library of movies through Netflix. They are fine with you accessing a library of music through Spotify. If you have the Kindle app, you are not buying books on Kindle through your app. You're buying them through the browser because otherwise Apple would get a cut from Amazon. But you could, right? Like Netflix used to sell subscriptions through Apple. Through, did they? Okay. And yes. And then they chose to remove it because they didn't want to give the cut. Because they don't want to give, right. That that is the decision that. But I'm just saying, saying, they are are literally, they they could if they wanted to. Right. With video games specifically, you cannot do that. They wanted Microsoft to make a Halo app for uh, playing Halo through the cloud. They wanted them to make, you right. know, uh, you know, you couldn't even you couldn't though just do and, and that's a great example of the thing that's weird about this, because one of their defenses is, hey, it's a security thing. If you're able to run soft, if you're able to sell software, we can't be sure that the software is safe. Um, which or good, right? Or quality. And it's like, let me tell you about some poor quality software. Check the <laughs> app store. Um, uh, but the other, the uh, but yes, the, the thing about that that's so weird about like uh, the Microsoft cloud stuff is like that stuff is just running on a cloud. You're this is a streaming service effectively. Playing Halo via X Cloud or whatever is not running anything dangerous on this on this phone. Uh, but yeah, what is a game came up uh, in these, in these, in these uh, proceedings, uh, a lot of dancing around the idea or, or the, the claim, I guess that like the things that happen inside of Roblox, uh, for instance, are not games. Uh, the things that happen uh, inside of, of mod modded Minecraft servers are not games. The package is a game, but then adopt me is not, which is just like, which is, which is so funny because, <laughs> 
when when I the um in 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 the in the profile I did about about uplift like the uh you know the, the person I was speaking with I want to might as well just get their name up here instead of just because I talked to one person um is uh, da, 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 uh, uh Josh Ling who's the director of business operations like uh Josh before uh working uh on on up uh, uplift and working on adopt me worked for what's it, it was called like hypersense or high uh, Hypixel, um, which is like one of the most like well-known sort of like Minecraft servers in which they they host a bunch of like custom games and things like that. And uh, like one of the things he was pointing out to was like, well, they were they built uh, uh, Hypixel originally on the Java version of Minecraft in which they couldn't actually hack the UI or modify huh. it. Um, so they had to use like existing UI elements where like the like an inventory section became the mod menu to pick like your game mods because they couldn't build in a new UI element. And so you you have an instance where you're going into Minecraft and then playing and paying for access to like custom game modes. And it's really just Apple doesn't want to admit that, you know, games are games uh, because it, like then that kind of crumbles. You know, I have all sorts of problems with Epic's arguments as well. Like they're not like a, you know, a, a truly uh, innocent uh, partner in the, in this whole process. But the way Apple dances around what is and isn't a game is is really funny because Roblox is just a, a, a platform for a bunch of custom game modes. Like that's uh-huh. that's really all it is. Totally. Um, anyway, just a funny, funny observation. People should dig into that Apple Epic stuff if you've not been following it because there's a lot there that you could unpack, um, <laughs> uh, probably more than what we have time for this afternoon, um, because I don't know how, how deep do you want to dig into how much Epic was paying indie developers? Uh, not, not very much in many cases, Ugh. uh, yeah. for, for their, Ooh. for their, the free game releases. Um, just, just some fascinating stuff. I think when this all shakes out, when it's all said and done, there, there will be a lot to, to dig through and, and a lot. You, you, you really should out. just be following, uh, Addie Robertson, yes. uh, a reporter at The Verge, um, at, uh, the Dextriarchy, Dextriarchy, T-H-E-D-E-X. Uh, T-R-I-A-R-C-H-Y. They are basically doing like a play-by-play of like all of the proceedings and like a very accessible and digestible form. And if you just scroll through the last, you know, two weeks of of tweets, you'll just get a bunch of really incredible, good, um, incredible stuff. Transcription yeah. of and I, I, I've listened to some of the 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 trial, not in real time, and the audio is atrocious. I cannot believe. <laughs> that Eddie is like getting like the quotes that they are getting out of this. So if you, if you want to just kind of catch up in more of a raw form, I, I highly recommend that. That has been, I just have that, that Twitter feed up constantly in a tab. Cause you uh, never know see. when something truly wild is about to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, all the stuff around developer or publishers getting upset because their business dealings are being brought to light and, and, all of the the both yeah honestly both councils going to the judge and being oh actually we had a partner say paradox wrote in and said uh, please don't don't talk about this deal I'm begging you uh, <laughs> the, the ju- extremely the, the, funny the judge just being like wow the video game industry keeps asking asking me to redact things uh, is just. It's true. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I think Rebecca Valentine wrote a, a good piece for IGN about how mm-hmm. this uh, exposes like the absurd secrecy of the video games industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. To Rebecca's work uh, has been really good around this too. I should we should specifically yeah, that yeah, out. yeah, yeah. She, she's done excellent, excellent stuff at IGN, contextualizing a lot of this, and 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 it, it, she is one hundred percent right. Like it's just <laughs> tremendously funny how secretive the video game industry is to the degree that even the the courts are like, what the f- what do you mean? Like, why do we have keep redacting all of this is just uh it's good 
just to like as this is a snapshot I clicked on Addie Robertson's uh, uh, feed right now and uh, currently judge it'd be hard to play Pokemon Go on a console and then a developer from Niantic that's true but it's always a choice so we 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 chose to build a different kind of Pokemon game that worked on both on consoles and mobile I don't know do they have something does Niantic have something that actually does work on consoles is there a Pokemon uh, Go? Well, doesn't well doesn't Pokemon Go tie into that Pokemon game from two let's, years ago? Some other stuff. Yeah, let's go. Pikachu, do, yeah, let's uh-huh. go. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, there's that's, integration that's there, but it's not really. Yeah, but I do love thing. the judge being like, I think it seems it seems like it would be pretty hard to play Pokemon Go from a console. Well, there was uh, the judge also at one point was like, wait, you can't. Like, well, you can do a subscription for movies, but you can't for video games. And, like, everyone would just be like, yes! Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that seems a little weird. Uh-huh. And it's just so funny watching just, like, a, a and the judges, uh. you know, in theory, not supposed to make casual observations like that. But because it seems so fucking obvious <laughs> oh, that it's... it's so funny. God. Yeah, great. Um, I'm going to shout out something else I played briefly. Uh, Hood. Uh, something of... Let leg what's the subtitle? What's the subtitle? Outlaws and Legends. Ah, mm. um, I didn't uh-huh. have a great time with it. So, <laughs> Outlaws another, and Legends. This is like a PVE, like a uh, it's like a, a PVP payday PVP sort of game, right? Forest. It's not though. Damn. It it should be that. It should be Payday Sherwood Forest. Um, the premise is uh, the premise is you and three other people are trying to rob a castle. Um, those are the three other, the people are dark, gritty versions of Robin Hood characters, right? <laughs> it's Robin Hood and, um, uh, what lady Marion, uh, and Maid Marion, uh, little John, Will Scarlet. Uh, Will Scarlet not involved. Will Scarlet DLC, maybe we'll have to see, <laughs> uh, Friar, Friar Tuck, uh, except Friar, uh, spelled, they're all spelled like, this is the way they really would have spelled them. Do you know what I mean? Do you, you know, like, mm. uh, uh, so, like, took is instead, or tuck is took instead, right? Something like that. Uh, and and so it's like, it's a team-based game. Everyone has a character. Characters can level up and get new passive perks and stuff. Um, it's a stealth game uh, at, uh, in which you are trying to, like, avoid direct conflict. You know, so you're, like, crouching in the bushes a la Assassin's Creed. It's third person. Uh, uh, you can hit uh, the X button on your controller to assassinate someone that you're behind, uh, unless you're you're uh, Marianne, in which case you can hit the X button to assassinate anyone from any direction at all, as long as you're still stealthy. Um, you know, it's 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 a basic like stealth. Go in there, find a sheriff, find the sheriff of Nottingham, presumably. Mm. Uh, hit the X button to pickpocket the key from him. Go to find the vault. Go to the vault, put the key in the vault, uh, you know, assassinating people and shooting them with arrows and stuff as you do, trying to keep the alarm down. Uh, get the treasure chest, get to an escape point, esca- escape with the loot uh, by attaching it to a winch and then having two of your players slowly turn the winch to winch it up over a wall or up into a boat. Uh, <laughs> the twist, so to speak, is there's a second team also trying to do this from the other side of the map. Uh, comprised of the same characters or the same set of, of characters picked in the same set of characters. Um, and so they are trying to sneak in as quick as possible, get the loot, get to an exit and escape while you're also trying to do that. And so the arc of a map a match is kind of like both sides are trying to rush into the castle walls and you're taking out guards as quickly as you can. Inevitably, every time I played the other team 
sets off an alarm and it makes me think that people are just running. They're just like, I don't care about the stealth shit. It's not <laughs> worth doing the stealth shit. Let me just get inside. Um, then there's a stage where you're just kind of like peek, you know, poking around the castle, trying to find the sheriff and get the key or trying to find the enemy team and like snipe them. Um, and even at this point, I think the game was kind of fun. The thing of like seeing someone being up on a balcony and looking down into like the the mess hall or I guess the whatever the what do, what do you call a medieval mess hall? What is that called? It's like a, not a cafeteria either. You know, the the, the dining feast. hall. The dining it's hall. Like the, great hall. Like, yeah, the great hall. The great hall. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. There's halls. And like seeing <laughs> another Robin Hoods try to sneak past a bunch of tables and be like, nah, motherfucker. Boom. Got you. That part, okay. That's kind of fun. Um, then Sorry, get- when the other team sets off the alarm, is it a global alarm? Like your stealth phase is now fucked up too? There or? is no phase. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that this is all blurry is part of it. Guards... Okay. Get more active in the regions that have been alarmed, but you can right? still get the drop on them. They aren't like they are not fully invincible. Uh, there are some that are like it's hard to even tell. Sometimes it feels like mm. once they have the exclamation point over their head, you can assassinate them. But I feel like that's not always true. Mm. Um, regardless, you, you shoot your way in, you stab your way in, you do the stuff that you're doing. You get in, you get the the chest, you unlock the vault. The vault door takes forever to open because it's supposed to be like a choke point in some senses. Um, uh, and then you have to carry this big, heavy chest to one of these extraction points. Your strong characters, uh, Little John or Friar Tuck, uh, uh, can carry it quicker. Um, and also they're your melee characters. They're the ones who, who like really do damage up close. Um, uh, and then you get, then you get into this extraction point. And like, this is the part of the game that just becomes excruciating because the, the distance, the thing that ends up happening is someone has these chests has one of these chests, as there's only one per map, I guess, uh, and they run into some guards. So they put the chest down to fight the guards or, you know, you're, they're being escorted by the rest of the team. And then the other team tr- comes in to try to get the chest. And then for 10, 15 minutes, it's this kind of um, scrum where <laughs> you're just trying to move <laughs> this chest three feet towards an exit. And it's not, I say scrum, but it's not like rugby. It's not like football. There aren't two end zones. Any end zone will count. It's just whoever touched the crank last. <laughs> so hmm. uh, the the you'll get the thing to the fucking crank. One team will finally start like rotating the cranks to try to, you know, gimbal it up and, and get it into the place and da 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 da. Um, and then the other team will just like start throwing bodies at them to try to like stop them from extracting with the thing and that will trade hands like four times five times and it's not compelling and it's like and then also the the state is there the the sheriff and his goons show up and you're fighting them a little bit and it's just like a mess it doesn't feel like a heist and it doesn't feel like uh, a michael man heist gone wrong either it neither feels <laughs> smooth and slick nor does it feel messy in a fun way. There are some moments where it's like, I got the drop on someone and that feels good. Or I see, you know, two little Johns duking it out and I sneak up behind the enemy one and assassinate. And that's kind of fun. But like, it never coalesces into anything, into anything that feels like there's momentum or 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 high high moments or anything like that. Does it it's feel just like this so- is a thing that's like largely a function of tuning where like if the cooldown on guys come like respawning the enemy team being able to make another run like because I, I hate that feeling they're of like long, we're just it's a long, water here. Let's be clear there are long there are long respawn timers and you spawn far away but the winching takes so long yeah. that that also you're how, gonna have to how yeah. many people 
do you need two people on that thing? So you're basically down two you people. Only need, you only need one to turn it okay, at, okay. at a given time. Two is better, and the beefy characters do better at it. So right. like, which is which is an interesting design thing, right? Because that's like, okay, your good melee characters need to be on the winch. Your stealthy characters are not as good in a fight, uh, uh, though they're better at ranged, obviously. Um, uh, and so like that stuff. That that's kind of interesting. Like I don't think that that's like bad necessarily. The thing is that like as it's even taking out the meta aspect, the moments of engagement just don't necessarily feel exciting. Um, and I think that's a shame because maybe you're right, Rob. Maybe the the right tuning on how long the thing is like I think people just hate being out off the map for that long, and the respawn mm-hmm. timer already starts at ten seconds and then it advances by a second getting longer every death so like Mm. by the end of one of these it's like 15 seconds because you've died five or six times right um and and it's just like i don't know i'm 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 not disappointed i was never extremely high on it you know uh, or anticipating it but But i'm always looking for one of these to like i'm always looking for one of these like yes I remember when Payday 1 came out, really digging some of those missions and like that feeling of like the spiraling chaos. But it's a really tough balance to strike where it's like, okay, things are going off book enough. I think the sweet spot for me is it has to have just enough slack in it that you can sort of feel like, okay, we're going to get this back under control and like figure this out. If it is all nonstop chaos and like it's just a twitch shooter at that point. It's not really interesting. You might as well play a better one of those. Right. Well, and that's mm-hmm. the thing is like this is a bad one of these when it's go time. Yeah. When it's go time and it's like, you know, Robin Hood has a bow with seven arrows and you can go to an ammo stand to get more of those and then has a uh, it can punch or like hit with the bow. And that's just a regular melee attack can dodge. Everyone can do a little dodge. And then it has an ult that is like shoot an explosive arrow that takes a few set to a few two seconds long to blow up. And so it mostly distracts people. It mostly makes people go away from it more than it like yeah. hurts people. I hurts NPCs. NPCs are, are bad about it. Um, but the, but yeah, I just like, mm, uh, it feels not like, the one of these I was looking for. Yeah. It feels from what you're describing, it feels like it's tuned to the, 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 the moments where they're still missing information. But the second that yes. everyone knows yes. where everyone is because the, the winch is in the one specific place, you know, which winch they're using well, that turn just like the, like head to head combat isn't that good. It's more about catching. It happens even, guard. but the thing is that that moment where there's not enough information is way too short. Right. Because because right now people are rushing to the to the vault, right. rushing to the key, then rushing to the vault because there's not enough of a cost for not for for doing that, mm-hmm. um, uh, and because there's a really good ping system in the game. Or if you look at something, you can hit left bumper to I want to think it's left bumper to ping it, um, or hold left bumper to like do additional like oh go here you know obviously those sorts of ping commands. Uh, very early on, people are like oh yeah there's an enemy ping like there's an, there's another player over there. And and so like there isn't really a long no information phase. Mm. If there was a longer low information phase, I think this game would be a lot better. Um, and also if that back end was actually quicker, I'd rather just lose right. a match than have one of these like grueling back and forths. I mean, the hope is that you end up and like you know the, the one of the matches I won was very much that thing of like the the enemy really got it up on that winch really high to get it over that wall, and then we killed them and like got it that last little bit, and that felt like securing a victory from you know the the the, the last possible moment with like the the a few threads hanging but we shouldn't have won that <laughs> frankly that's a stupid way to win a match is to like do nothing basically until and that's the other thing there's not 
Um, it's not like, uh, God, I, I can't think of another game that does this off the top of my head, but sometimes there are games where you need to be playing them to get like upgrades. Like, obviously, Returnal is a different type of game, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, like during the a run, they made, uh, the yeah, Vermintide, yeah, Vermintide, right? Where like, oh yeah, I'm getting upgrades along the way. I'm getting more powerful like as we get MOBA. deeper into this. It's thing. a Schluter. Like a mo or like 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 a shooter or like like really it is Kato. It's a MOBA, right? You right. have to be engaged in order to play that end game. Like ima- imagine if there was a MOBA where instead of having two and maybe this MOBA exists, instead of having two different Eternals or whatever that you're defending, Ancients, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, uh, there was one in the middle of the map, or or just as long as one of them died, whoever got the last hit wins. Right. <laughs> that would suck. And also, well, you I mean, don't that's level how up. That, that's how it works, but. But that's contingent upon. No, it's being- not how it works. Both in 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 mobas, both sides have their own ancient. Mm. Oh, oh, sorry, you meant one. And Imagine whoever gets the one. last hit, whoever yeah, gets yeah, the last yeah, hit, yeah. Period. <laughs> yeah. On either to whichever team gets the last hit wins. Right. And so, well, what the fuck? We put in ninety percent of the damage on this thing, ninety nine percent of the damage on this thing. Y'all rolled in and kills. And like, I get that there's like that's supposed to be a fun. Like, all right, you better be ready to go. But for a team to like, oh, the, the match we won, we did not execute on well. We happened to find a gap where we happened to win three fights in a row mm-hmm. while one of the other team, while one of their other team members was doing something that was that was like the right call, which was going to go stop one of our spawn points that let us keep coming back quickly. And because that person wasn't there to defend, I, we won that fight because all four of us just rushed the remaining three, and then we got it over the, the last inch of the thing, and that's a win for us. I was like, that doesn't feel fun. Also, then I, then I had the win screen, and it was loading me into another match. Here's a real problem. Loading me into another match, and I was like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to play another match. I'm done for the night. Let me go back to camp. I went back to camp and lost all the money I'd gotten, all the progress I'd gotten, because I hit go back to camp instead of letting it finish the matchmaking. And it's like, well, what? this is just broken. This is just <laughs> not. But I just want to get out. I don't, well, want, I just to get I don't out. want to be matchmade. I, ha- I would have to have matchmade. And then I looked this up. I'm not the only person who's hit this. You hit. You have to get matchmade and then quit out instead. But then you're like, abandoning well, a match. Then I'm abandoning a match. Right. I guess I'd be in the pre-match phase. I'd be the asshole who joins a match and then leaves uh, right. instantly. And it's like, shut up. Make this work right. <laughs> anyway, that's Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Uh. I, it, you know, I... I Maybe it'll find itself over over the, the future. Um, <laughs> I want to say it's like not early access, but I think it maybe released. Mm, no, I don't see anything that says early access. I thought I saw early access on like PS5 or something like that or PS4. Huh. But anyway, not not a big one. Not a big fan on that one. Um, Kato, do you want to talk about Destiny? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the new season? Destiny. Uh, yeah, there's a new season that happened uh, Tuesday called Season of the Splicer, um, and it's great. It's like because, a Bioshock crossover. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. You know, we've got Andrew Ryan in the tower now. Fucking, uh, he's fuck. the, the new fucking Uh-oh. Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> um, he took Kate's place. We finally got, yeah, we've got, got a new Hunter Andrew Vanguard. Ryan. And it's Andrew Ryan. <laughs> Shit. Um, no uh, hunters. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Are you not? Are you not? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's and, it. Um, the uh, so what's the vibe? What's the? What it's cool. The, the, it's neat. I, Mithrax is involved. Mithrax. Cool. Mithrax. Yeah. We've been oh, pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. This is actually one of the really interesting parts. So I'm really enjoying the the like the the story right now. Um, they 
essentially there's a there's a vex kind of a pseudo attack on the tower on the city itself the they don't explain this very well and i think they're just kind of hand waving it for this season of like the vex fucked something up and now the sun won't come out like the city's in eternal darkness i don't understand how I don't fucking get it. They don't explain. It's just like, yeah, it's a Vex simulation of something, and uh, now there's no sun. So the last human city on Earth is uh, in eternal darkness. Go figure out what we can do. Uh, The The sun is still there. If you're on other planets, you can still see the sun? Uh, Yeah. And, like, it's just the last city on Earth... The last human they put settlement. tinted windows on the tinted city or on the, on the yeah like city, on the last city and now yeah and now basically no one gets any vitamin D yeah we need hmm. to ship some yeah so like you know the normal population that aren't guardians and aren't like tra- traipsing around the whole solar system that are normally stuck to this one area right, right. Uh, I think the implication is most of Earth although I haven't gone to the Cosmodrome and checked if it's just the city or not but How about the ED- is EDZ still there yeah EDZ and okay. Cosmodrome okay. are still bits of earth that you can go to um but anyways they're like they're like okay so we need to figure out what the fuck the vex are doing uh we've heard that misrax who is a uh, fallen uh captain kel now i guess which is their like kind of highest like tier of like uh right commander not quite the kel of kels but still no (laughs) still kel um has uh has been able to hack into their network like has uh gone back to a traditional like fallen um uh um uh what's the word i'm looking for um practice of being a splicer which was you know the fallen had the travelers like were in the travelers good graces before humanity was and they like worshiped machines and like being a splicer was kind of like the like the high like being uh I don't know, like one of the cardinals <laughs> of like their machine church and being able to actually interface with machinery was a, a big deal to the mm-hmm. fallen before the the traveler left. So he's like they stopped doing that at that point. Yeah, there there's there was huh. like a split, there was a, you know, a schism uh mm. <laughs> of like people who were like dove into like uh these these machines aren't our gods, they're just machines and like doing the very like kind of cut off from any sort of spirituality thing of like it's just metal and we're gonna use it however the however we want and then like mr x is like no wait we should like consider an in-between here um where uh mr like the the like kind of splicer role is like a very traditionalist role but they and this is this is all lore that i'm getting in game too right this is all like cutscenes and like talking to um you you like talk to fallen in this expansion so far, like you go on a mission with Misrax, who does this sick fucking thing where he makes like a like a black hole that looks like it's it it, it would it would fit into like the last Tron movie in on Europa, oh, wild. and you like hmm. go into it and you're in the Vex network, which also now looks like has a really good ex- like really new aesthetic. Like Vex stuff is usually that kind of like rocky. Um, stuff that you see on like Nessus or whatever. If you've ever yeah, played, yeah, yeah. right now this is like it's like all like uh neon pinks and cyan's and like blacks okay. and very I, like digital. Right. Like it's a it's a good aesthetic. It looks really cool. Um, and you're kind of in this vex network trying to figure out ways to you know get rid of this eternal night that's on the city. 
basically. So you're hacking the Vex network by like diving into it and shooting stuff. Yeah. Um, and sure. The really not? neat parts are how much, you know, we're getting a lot more like they've they've started to expand the like kind of cast of people that are coming back to uh, mm. in these like usually the season was like it, you have your one NPC who is the, who you're going to be hearing from. Um, and that's recently expanded in like the last season. There were like a, 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 like three of them that you could hear more of. And like now they, it feels like they've got a cast of characters big enough that like, you know, you're getting a lot of different viewpoints. We've got a return of uh, Lakshmi to the, the head of the future world cult um, mm-hmm. who is, you know, interested because she uses Vex technology in order to see the future. Um, and so like has a vested interest in like understanding what the Vex are doing and also but also has seen some sort of attack on the city where the fallen are at the center of it. Uh, so she's like, I don't want to deal with the fallen. I don't trust them, even if they mm-hmm. say they're helping. And then there's Ikora, on the other hand, who's like, has offered the, 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 the fallen a place in the city. They're like, you know what? Come on in. You're going to help us out, figure, figure out this Vex thing. Y'all can come uh, and like hang out <laughs> here instead of having to like, you know, scavenge Live out in the, the wilds right basically. in the yeah yeah and so you you know there's there's more interesting like character tensions here of like the having this um traditionally like very black and white like yeah the fallen are enemies we're never we're not gonna uh uh contest that and beyond like there's that one guy who gave you a gun which was mr x in the original like right right but now right. it's like oh no like you know we're we learn about their culture from them like they tell us about how ether rationing works, which is like a thing that was in a grimoire book once something and like, right. but like and now there, at least there's a dialogue, actual dialogue yeah, in like, the game about it. Yeah. You're like the, the game itself, like aside from the grimoire is trying to put forward these like interesting kind of political, like, uh, clashes within the characters, which is really fun. Um, and then the activity itself is also, uh, great. Just like, it's not uh, quite a raid, right? It's like it's a six person, but it is a six person event. Yeah. Uh, so they've they've done kind of different uh, types of these activities over the past, but it's um um it's hard to describe because it's not I don't know. It's like another one of their their like basic activity structure and as a being like different takes on horde modes, right? Like it's like waves right, of enemies. Sure. You have to do some sort of objective. Um, this one's fun. There's like um kind of a split thing happening where you're uh, defending a spire on one end and then every once in a while there's a portal that you have to go through to find a key inside the Vex network. There's, it's it's fun um, and like it's new enough that like it'll be, it'll be good but it's not anything like to write home about as far as mechanics. Like mechanically they're pulling a lot of like it's the moats from Gambit, it's the kind of portal from Gambit. There's basically a new kind of like framing about it but like mechanically it's the things you've been doing normally but it's neat it's got a really great aesthetic it looks really cool and it's really fun to uh run around there's like they're like they've gone really maximalist with the amount of enemies they throw at you in this game ever since they introduced stasis because you can freeze them so it's like we understand that you're going to be able to freeze a certain amount of these with these uh crowd control abilities so we're gonna throw more at you and you know things become really hectic and it's uh fun in that way like just like having to kind of you know um, corral all the all the enemies instead of like 
it being just about like how quickly you can kill them. It's like, oh, well, I'll freeze these guys while I deal with this big one over here for a second and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, the most interesting part for me definitely is like getting this cast of characters that has grown. Like, you know, you've got Aldrin who's back uh, weighing in and like being the one to like try to reach out and like l- the only person I've ever heard try to learn Elixni. Uh, which is really neat, like, just, like, here's the word for hello, uh, at least, like, try to build a bridge with these people, um, you've got, uh, on the other hand, you've got Lakshmi, like, like I said before, being, like, very distrustful because of her future Vex thing and, like, how she was right about the Red War, but, you know, who knows, like, whether or not the Fallen are gonna turn, they're probably not gonna turn, I think, there's Fallen Babies, uh, We've, there, there's like a bunch of uh, fallen, like swaddled children, and they're adorable. Yeah, I saw those. <laughs> they're yeah. so cute. Um, and overall, it's just, it's, you know, it's 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 a it's a great evolution on like the 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 the, the way that Destiny's been kind of growing as far as like how they tell narrative and how many people they can get involved. I feel like part of that has to do with the voice actors they can hire. They've definitely sought like Gina Torres is not Ikora anymore. Ikora is in this right. a lot. Um, and oh wow, she's just it's just a new voice. It's a new voice, yeah. Like oh, wild. Okay, and you know, it's like I I I would rather that honestly. Like I'd rather them get someone that can like book easily and regularly, so that there can be more of this kind of cast of characters that all are weighing in, giving different uh, perspectives and viewpoints and interesting. Uh, thoughts on the current situation as it ha- as it's happening um so yeah i'm really enjoying uh, so far it's only been one week and they're doing the same you know they're doing the same kind of structure where it's like you do the activity that week and then you can like grind out the normal stuff for the week but ne- come next week there will be another you know mm-hmm. it, like takes about a couple hours um that's the that's all the good of this thing and then there's the the kind of shitty we had a piece, a small piece about this go up about the uh, transmog system in this uh, season that uh, um, is bad, is real bad, but um, they're they're really making it seem okay at first because they're giving everyone free materials. Um, but essentially, the way that this works is that you need a specific material in order to trans like transmog a a piece of armor so that you can apply its look to. What whatever you're actually wearing, right? It's a thing where like, I really what this looks like, but I I need better like stats. Yeah, I want the stats from another thing, but I want right my look to be this armor set. But the, I don't want to. This armor set can't do the things I want it to do, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, so like you know, you have five or- items in your inventory: uh, helmet, arms, chest, legs, and a class item. Mm-hmm. And for each one of those, you need one synth weave in order to turn one piece of armor into something that you can apply to whatever other armor you want, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a limit to how many you can earn in game, which is 10 per season. So you could turn. How long is a season again? Season's like months, right? Yeah, it's like four months. Uh, so for okay. those four months, you can turn two full sets of armor into something, <sighs> into a look, right? Once. One. Well, like. It once it's once it's done, you can apply that look to whatever armor you want. It's just oh, you can only okay. turn I see. 
You can only turn that pieces. armor. Yeah, yeah. You can only right. you, you can only pick ten pieces, which is does that two destroy sets. the armor when you use it? No, or does it? No, okay. so it just unlocks that style, basically. Yes, yes, that's exactly the way it's it's unlocking a new style for you. So you can unlock two full styles in a season, uh, except for this season where they're throwing that stuff at you. You get twenty essentially just from playing some of the early stuff. Um, which is past the cap. So it's not going to feel bad at first. You'll be like, yeah, I've got like four different sets of armor that I can, uh-huh. four different looks. But then um, the really kind of shitty part is that after, in a normal season, after you earn those 10, uh, like you can't earn any more through gameplay. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do the, to get them is through a, a purchase in the shop, right? Like you have to buy money. Like there's no cap on those, obviously. The cap is about limiting how many you can grind out in the game about grinding. Mm-hmm. Um, is this also right? Uh, Gita had a story about this from late April yeah. when this first is this process still true? Uh, one, defeat enemies to collect something called Synth Strand. Two, spend the Synth Strand on bounties to collect something else called Synth Cord. Uh-huh. Then, once you have enough Synth Cord, you need to convert the Synth Cord into Synth Weave, which is what you actually need in the first place. Then, spend your Synth Weave to transmog the appearance of a piece of equipment. Yeah, that's that part still true. Yes, okay. that is still that is still true. And I think ultimately, it's like not too far off from other systems in the game. If you're no. already playing it, it's like, oh yeah, I reckon I recognize this game. Yeah. <laughs> I like recognize this this thing. It's really that some of those bounties take way too long. Or just it's like it's it's already like an, a, a a kind of horrible grind, which would be like, uh, I won't engage with it, but I wish it was easier to get this stuff. But now it's even like even after you've done all that work, you're still like, and you can't do more of it. Like you're gonna be limited on how much how much customizability you have in your look, which is just it's really annoying for a thing that, like, since Destiny 1, people have been asking for armor transmog and, like, the ability to really kind of fully be able to customize your look because it's an MMO. Even though it's first person, there's still a lot of, like, a large amount of the community that is interested in having uh, more customizability in your character and giving it that, like, specific flair that you want, right? Like, making good mm-hmm. fashion. Like, the the people joke that the real end game is once you've got everything to max light level and don't care about having to grind level, you grind for fashion. You you grind for things that look good. Um, so it's really unfortunate to see them come out with the system and have such a strong, yeah. there was a strong backlash when that was released and they have been kind of radio silent on uh, whether they're looking to change that or if it's open to feedback or like what, you know, like we, there haven't, there hasn't been any other communication about that system, even though it's, the community itself has been pretty fucking loud about how they are, do not like it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, Destiny continues to be Destiny. It sounds like <laughs> yeah. in terms of in terms of like the team had suggesting like they're going to do a thing, and then people being like, "Wait, no, this is actually yeah, this is actually bad." Yeah, uh, unfortunate. Um, all right. Anything else anyone want to shout out before we uh, we wrap up? Rob, how are you feeling about that new Judgment game? Just thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, everybody. All right. That's going to do it for us. We Sadly, we, we, have, we have to have a meeting after this, so we don't have time to dip into the question bucket. Uh, but you can send questions for future episodes to gaming at vice.com. Uh, we'll be back next week with, with some more stuff. Anything? Is there anything exciting next week, the, the new that we're going to talk about? Us. Uh. 
journalists really have too much of a novelty bias. Me, what's new next week? <laughs> the game that you and I have been talking about, we can't talk about next week. Ah, oh, fuck. That's the week after. That's the week after. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, we'll find some. Well, there's plenty yeah, of stuff don't, to talk don't, about. Don't you worry. Don't yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll figure something out. Uh, we'll find. If not, we'll just dip into that. Well, that Mass, that Mass Effect game came that that, 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 uh, <laughs> that came out today. What did? Mass Effect. Oh, did oh. that come out today? Huh. Damn. <laughs> they only I gave it to reporters well, and, and critics like two days before it came out. So probably there will be something on the website by the time this episode yeah. goes up. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, let's. I hope. I hope that that's good. I'm curious about it. I saw sure. someone streaming it and assumed it was like, oh, it must be out soon. I didn't realize it was out. Out. Mm. Um. Well, maybe maybe one of us will touch that. That sounds fun. Uh, I, I'm curious about that first game's stuff. Uh, all right. I'm going to wrap it up then. Gamingadvice.com is the address. Waypointadvice.com. Twitter.com slash waypoint. Shout out as always to Bowen to let us, to letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B O E N. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Rob? At Rob Zachney. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Patrick. At Patrick Klepek. We'll be back next week. Until then, and probably after then, too. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.